You know my teams be soaring. Watching Wizard Declassified. Uh-huh. You would think my boys would be in a dunk contest the way that my team fly. Oh, they be flying. Oh, yeah. And we got the best podcast, no lie. Yeah. And the way that my boys be shooting out life, the points gon' think it's a homicide. It's a homicide. Westbrook, Bradley Bill, best one. Cash is Wilson next up. Gafford with the post work. Oh, yeah. Duncan don't get stepped on. Jays with the retros. Yeah, my team the best one. Shoot. Yo, what's up, y'all? Welcome to Wiz, the class of five. My name Yo. is Mike Pyatt. I'm here with my guy, Rashad. Say what's up to the people. What's going on? At Damage DC fan on Twitter. I'm getting getting the takes popping. But what's going on? How you been? I'm good, man. And for those wondering where Ali is, I don't know. No, nah, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I was going to say the world may never know. <laughs> nah, he's taking care of some business, so me and Rashad holding down the fort, and it's an unfortunate episode for him to miss because right. finally, it took a long time, but finally, the Wizards, they found their man, they found their coach, Wes Unsell Jr., and if it sounds, if the name sounds familiar, I'm pretty sure you've heard it a thousand times by now, but he is indeed the son of Wes Unsell Jr. Wizards legend. <laughs> he started off, Ansel Jr. started off as a Wizards assistant way back in 2005. But if you listen to him talk, he tells everyone that his career in coaching actually started in 1997 when he was a um, basically a video assistant with the Wizards. So for him to work his way up from 97 to 2021, assistant coach after assistant coach, Finally landing the Wizards here, coaching job. Man, how are you feeling right now? I'm feeling pretty good, actually. I won't lie, though. When I first heard the name, I didn't know anything about him. So I was just like, oh, Lord, the Wizards are just firing their coach and getting another guy just because his last name is unsold. And, you know, he's a part of that whole thing. But then I heard him talk for the first time. I'm like, oh, He's actually pretty smart and actually knows what he's talking about somewhat. Right. And I personally didn't know he was the video assistant and the assistant for the Wizards prior to this. Mm-hmm. So this kind of makes the story kind of, I don't know if he's going to become as great as a head coach as him, but it's kind of sounds like the Eric Spolster story. Like he right. was in the Heat franchise forever. Like I said, a video guy came all the way up and then now he's been their head coach for a decade plus. If if we can get that out of West Unsell Jr., you will not get a complaint out of me. <laughs> you will not get a complaint out of me. Facts, and I'm kind of in a similar boat as you. I knew the name, of course, but didn't know the coach. Um, and I didn't want to look. I didn't want to look. I didn't either. I didn't, I didn't search for any coach. I didn't research any coach, any potential coach. Um, I almost looked up some stuff on um, Darwin Ham, but I didn't even look up him. So I'm coming into it as blind as most. I'm like, I don't know what this dude's about. But like you said, when you hear him talk, you hear other people talk about him. It's like, hold up. Did, we, did, they, did they luck up into something? Or did we actually do the right thing at head coach? What? And yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Did they get it right? Do you feel like based on what was out there, the circumstances that they're in right now, did they get this right? Um, based on the fact that coming into this, I didn't know how many head coaches act like I didn't think the Wizards job was a job that too many head coaches really wanted because you have two stars, but the rest of the team is lacking. 
and that team's record isn't good. So it was like I don't I don't really know the direction of the Wizards right now. So I didn't know what direction of head coach we were gonna go into. But seeing that he's been here and the way he's been talking about the younger guys, and we'll get into that later. But just hearing him talk about the team, like he's br- he's been brutally honest, but in a positive way on like what this team is and where this team can go. Like he's not settling in the fact that we made the barely scrapped our way to the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. It's for me, I just need a change. I couldn't I, I couldn't take another year of Scott Brooks. I didn't care who they hired. It was gonna be the right pick for me simply because they were not Scott Brooks. So you bring in this dude though that they I heard multiple times people say that he was a defensive coordinator for the Nuggets. The defense that they ran ran through him. He taught it. That alone was like, oh, yeah, I'm with that. Right. <laughs> I'm with defense that. hasn't been anything we've been able to play for a long time, for at least two, three years now. A long time, probably since the um, end of the Whitman era, man. Right, yeah. <laughs> so – what does this mean for Brad and Brody? Like, I I have no idea as of now how this impacts them outside of this, um, you know, outside of the next season or so. Right. I I don't necessarily know either because it's not like we went complete young, young coach. and was like, oh, yeah, rebuild. But we didn't go – Real, like we didn't get a guy like you know Carlisle or Terry Stotts that are of like the older age that's like oh let's go win now so I really didn't know what it meant for Beal and Russ but I think like you said a new voice and someone who can get them those two guys specifically to give more effort on the defensive end I don't see how that could be a negative <laughs> for the Wizards yeah I I think in the near future this will probably benefit them but if they still would trade bill or would want to trade bill it wouldn't be the end of the world for me but as of now i'm backing up off that stance i don't think what this was mr blow it up just like what last week yeah definitely and I'm like, okay, they got this dude. They brought in Wes Ansel. He's coming from the Nuggets. I don't know if you remember last year, they were trying to hire um, the Nuggets GM away from the Nuggets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did hear about that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, clearly Tommy Shepard has a plan. I'm not sure what the or plan is. Or he has a team he really likes. Right. I don't know <laughs> what's going on, but he, there's, he's cooking up something. Is it right. going to be a snack? Is it going to be a feast? I don't know. But I'm willing. I'm like, you know what? We ain't going anywhere anyway. And you kind of convinced me last week. You said it. Matter of fact, you said it every time I said it. But we probably won't get much back for Bill. Yeah, that's like, that's the only reason I haven't fully committed to that. Because you know how these trades go for stars and small markets. They're like, you know why they're leaving. They're leaving to get a chance at a championship. And most of the teams that are contending for championships do not have assets. And if they do, even if they have a lot of air quote first round picks, mm-hmm. when you get a guy like Bill, you know they're making the playoffs. So those are outside of the lottery picks for a 
a shooting guard in his prime that actually wants to play here. So I just didn't I didn't see the the peak of a Bradley Beal trade. Like I didn't see us really flirt, like I didn't see us winning at all in that trade. <laughs> the other team wins a hundred percent. Yeah, and as far as Russ, I'm like, listen, we kind of were blessed to trade Wall. It's not Definitely. happening. It's not happening twice. Yeah, lightning doesn't strike twice. Nah. We're, we're not getting rid of this Westbrook contract. So, yeah, can't really trade him. So, that's honestly the real reason I'm like, just keep building. We got to keep Westbrook because, I mean, they kind of like each other. Um, they got a new coach. The vibe is probably strong now. Who yeah, knows like I said, it's only, like, we've only seen it for a year, too. Like, I'll say um, this. Um, it may not have went as far as Harden and Westbrook, but I do think that that was a better combo than um, building Westbrook was a better combo than Harden and Westbrook. They, yeah. They kind of played off each other better than um, Harden and Brody but yeah it's it's a lot to digest with this hiring because not only do you have to worry about Bill and Russ but you have two lottery picks that are what Rui's in his third or fourth year Obvious yeah. is coming up on the second year does hiring a coach like Wes Unsell somebody that's clearly involved in player development does that increase those two players' value? Um, I mean, I can't say anything until they start playing again. But mm-hmm. if – well, the fact that he kind of – we got a coach that's somewhat dealt with good foreign players. Like, he, I think he helped in the development of Jokic. Mm-hmm. And, like, is it two foreign players in Denny and Rui that have something. Like, you can see where it could end up if he can develop those guys into help those guys hit their potential, then I don't see how we lose here. Like I don't see if Denny and Rui get better. I don't see up oh, Denny and Rui are giving you 15 a game a piece, oh, but the wizards still suck. I don't see that. <laughs> I don't see that happening. If Denny and Rui get better, I don't see the team getting worse because of it. And if, Rui is playing like he's doing in the field right now. We might <laughs> we might be on to something. We might be on to something. Um, so I had to pull up a quote from Wes Unsell. I don't remember. It doesn't say which show he was on, so it probably was part of a press conference. But he he likes the potential of Opia. He said on Monday that he's extremely happy um, that he's getting the opportunity to coach a guy like that. He thinks his thinks there's a lot of versatility with him and that he has a lot of physical tools, but he struggled with shooting last year. He thinks he's a shooter and he thinks he'll make shots. But yeah, he he clearly wants to put the ball in his hands more than a shooter. That's right. That we all everybody was pissed about last year. <laughs> right, because like even even the draft hype was okay he can handle the ball he's a you know a big wing what is he six eight six nine can handle mm-hmm. the ball like you say nobody expected him to be a knockdown shooter but he can definitely make shots etc and then he got here and like we've said several times on this podcast 
made him a power forward and threw him in the corner to be a spot-up shooter. Like, the exact opposite things that he was supposed to be. And then, you know, fans get mad. Man, why do we waste a pick on him if he sucks? Like, if he's being used the exact opposite way he's supposed to. And we have a coach that, by the press conference, makes it seem like he knows how to potentially use him. And that's what kind of suck about Brooks. I'm not I'm not gonna keep talking about him, especially now that we got a new coach, but it was hard being a fan in DC listening to every basketball hit that I know sound better than um, Scott, um, Scott, Scott Brooks. Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you should be coaching the team. Like it just got to that point where I'm like these random high school coaches and um D three players and it's everybody I'm talking to. I'm like, y'all saying the same thing I'm saying. So what the <laughs> heck is going on in that um, yeah, locker like, room right now? Yeah, you were saying like players, uh, you, like you said, D3 players, head, high school head coaches. I'm just talking to people my age that just watch basketball just know that we're doing it wrong. Like everybody knows we're doing it wrong, but the coach on the floor. Like that, it was tough to watch. <laughs> it was tough to watch. And you knew it wasn't going to change, so you just had to suffer through it. But we somehow made the playoffs out of it. And they they swear that it was all on Brooks, and I'm like, nah, I don't think that's the truth. But nah, we all know. <laughs> focus it back on Rui for a second. Um, I, I'm 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 just as excited about him as I am for Apia. Me too. Not only because he's getting a new coach, but like you just said, he's killing it right now in the fever. It just shows me that he needs someone to believe in him. He needs someone to hand him the keys, give him the green light. He's maturing as an NBA player, and I feel like the more that happens, the better a player he'll be overall to the point where I I said this um, a couple of months into the season, that Abia, Rui, um, Bill, that big three – that can do something for you. If all three of them reaches their maximum potential, that can do something for you. We see the Bucks right now on the verge of winning a title by simply building a team around two ballers with um, Giannis and Middleton. Right. You can get it done. Now, sure, they might have a cakewalk. We'll talk about that in a few, but you can get it done the right way if you, like, just build a team Stop being so stupid, trading first-round picks for rentals and stupid stuff like right. that. Hiring coaches that everybody knows is some trash. <laughs> right. Right. That's crazy. Because it's like everybody was saying, you know, everybody brings up Scott Brooks when, you know, when the Thunder were as good as they were. It was like, mm-hmm. I, do, I know a lot of head coaches that would have had that same record if they had Russell Westbrook, James Harden. And Kevin Durant, like it's it's pretty easy to win games at that when you have those three guys, especially at the level that they were. It's not that hard, I don't think. Now, like winning championships, that's one thing, but just winning regular season games, I don't think it would be that hard with that roster. But then you, a guy like Brooks, like we're gonna keep. I think this is gonna be the last podcast we probably yeah, talk about definitely. him because we have a head coach now. But he, like you saw that our roster wasn't we weren't the OKC Thunder of 2012-13. Like, we just weren't that. 
we had, you know, we had Westbrook. He was the guy. Like, he was one guy that was on that team, but the rest of the roster just didn't compete with it. And he tried to keep the same strategies, and it's just not going to work. Like, we were one of the highest ISO ball teams in the whole league. Other than Westbrook and Beal, who else should who else on our team should get an ISO right now? I don't think anybody. So that was part of the problem. Just, just a straight-up mess, and that's what – I hope until Junior could bring to the team um, f- fresh, just a fresh outlook on everything, the way they play off ball, the way they play defense, the way they run plays, even the way they practice, like just, just, just every- effort. Yeah. Right. Everything needed to be fresh again, just refresh, reset, all of that um, to the point where, it's hard to say right now because we're technically we're still in the previous season. The right. draft hasn't came, free agency hasn't came. We don't know what's going to happen, but we know Westbrook and Bill is going to be here again. Everyone was saying last year that with those two, they can be a top four seed or whatever. I kind of knew that wasn't going to happen simply based on the coach that they had. Yeah. Now I think just basing everything on hypotheticals. If Wes Until Jr. could come here and bring some of that mojo that he's been helping with in Denver with the Nuggets, if Bill and Westbrook stays healthy, if Rui and Optia can develop, if Gafford and Thomas Bryant can develop, I don't see why this team can't be a, a top four seed. Yeah. Top four is a good one because I think the three teams in the East, the top three are going to stay the same unless Philly fumbles it somehow. But the Bu- the Bucks and Nets are going to be top two. And I think if unless they really fumble a Ben Simmons trade, like they just trade him for peanuts, whatever they would get back would help them be in that top three as well. But I'm just looking like Knicks – we can say they got on a run. Hawks, they're a really young team, so they're going to stay there. But it's like Heat, we don't know what they're going to do in free agency. We don't know what the Celtics are. Like, we can definitely be in that 5-6 range if Bradley Beal is Bradley Beal. Westbrook, he's going to give you the triple doubles, but I just don't want to see him and Bradley taking 25 shots a game. Like, if Denny could get some of those, if Rui can get some of those, we get Thomas Bryant back. Solid player. Like, there's there's a glimpse of hope as a Wizards fan. It's weird. It's really weird. I don't remember the last time I had a glimmer of hope as a Wizards fan, but there's that, something there now. And that's all I, I promise you, that's all I wanted. That's literally all I wanted is a yeah. chance. Just a chance. Like, I don't care if we were going to get swept in the playoffs or swept in the finals or whatever because I know now that it's somebody there that actually knows what the heck they're doing. Right, right. And yeah, I wish I I, I wish nothing, nothing but the best for Wes Unsell Jr. and his uh, beginning on the journey with the Washington Wizards. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be a wild ride, I'm sure. It's going to be a wild ride, I'm sure. But Yeah, definitely. I just I just hope we don't start out three and sixteen again or whatever it was. Like I as a as a coach, I think if you could just get five wins out of twenty, I we're not asking for a lot. Like we were what we were the worst team in the league at some point. 
as long as we don't start off that badly, we can get a playoff spot in the East. <laughs> All right. And I'll be honest, when they first started talking about Westland Sale Jr., I did think, like you did, that is, they were just going to hire him because of the name, that they were just hiring him because they needed a feel-good story or whatever. But the more I hear about him, the more I read into it, it really does feel like it's the best they could have done at the time. Right. Definitely. Um, and of course, we'll we'll definitely talk about that over the off season. But we have plenty of time to really get into it. We're just <laughs> reacting off. Of, when did it happen? Yesterday or two days ago? Um, I think yeah, Saturday or Sunday, one of those days. Yeah, I'm not was, sure. Yeah, okay. It was a weird. It was weird. Like that was so wizards. <laughs> I'm not going. It lie. just popped <laughs> up. Like it was no rumors or nothing. It was just like, oh, we have a coach. Okay, cool. It was but, like a it was like a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon. It was like twelve in the afternoon. We have a coach. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah. So when Ellie gets back, we'll dive deeper into that. But I guess we'll wrap the show up talking about the NBA Finals. Game five was crazy. That was one of the craziest <laughs> basketball games I've ever watched. The Bucks. They it it seemed like Phoenix was going to give it to them. Really feel like Phoenix was going to give it to him at home. They were winning, but the theme of the off—I mean, the theme of the playoffs for me—is going to be the theme of the finals and why they win the championship. The Bucks does not give up. They do not give up. Every single game, it seems like they come back when they weren't yeah. supposed to. They did it against the Nets. They even beat the Hawks without Giannis. I think. Like, it, yeah, they did. I don't I don't understand it. Let's say they win the title. Well what do you think they're gonna win the title? The Bucks? Yeah. I don't think the Bucks lose twice. Because the Sun I've never seen two teams in the same game just have like there are points in the game where neither team can miss. Like that first quarter, the Suns couldn't miss if they wanted to. And then the second and third, the Bucks couldn't miss if they wanted to. And then that fourth quarter, it just it was it was something amazing to watch. Like Devin Booker was trying his hardest. Drew Holiday was Drew Holiday could not miss either. He definitely silenced a lot of the haters. And then the play on Devin Booker, the steal. How did you react to the dunk by Giannis? So I'm gonna give y'all the real story about that. I was watching the game with my wife. She was like, man, I'm thirsty. Can you make me something to drink? They called a timeout. I ran in the kitchen thinking I could, you know, whip something up real quick for her. I heard a whistle out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, shoot, the game is back on. So I'm running to the back to the TV. I see um, Giannis stripping Booker as I get back to the TV. I'm looking like, oh, my goodness. Then next thing you know, they throw a freaking oop, man. I'm like, like, I bent over and, like, just let out the loudest, oh! <laughs> <laughs> it was, you, you ever played um, NBA Street before? Yeah, definitely. That was a game breaker. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the game breaker for real. And, like, you could have just let the rim hang down after that. That was game. It was game, really. Yeah, but, that was. You saw that um, video of them comparing it to um, what was that? Above the rim, 
Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Social media took off with it, but personally, I watch it. I I really like Devin Booker's game a lot. Well, I have a thing with shooting guards. Like that's just my favorite position to watch for whatever mm-hmm. reason. But I really like Devin Booker's game a lot. So when I saw him get doubled, I'm like, man, I really wanted him to hit that shot. And then Drew stole it, but I was like, that's a great steal. That's just a great play. I can't really be mad at that. Some people say he fouled him, but the way they've been nah. calling in the playoffs, I'm not calling that a foul. Nah. And then, like, like he said, he dribbles it up. There's no shot clock, so you can just dribble the game out. And then you just see Giannis fly across the screen. I'm like, okay, I'm not thinking anything of it. You're going to dribble the clock out. And then he threw it up. I'm like, wait. If they mess this lob up, they might lose this game. And then I saw, like, wait, that's Chris Paul underneath Giannis. It's no way Giannis doesn't finish this. <laughs> but he jumped so high. I thought he was going to overjump it because when he dunked, he had to duck under the backboard after he fit. I really thought he was going to mess it up somehow. And then he dunked. And I was like, oh, my God, that was on Chris Paul. And I was like, wait, and one? No way. And then they showed the stare down, to that be was, honest. That's that, what I was going to say. Iconic. Like, straight up iconic stare down. A lot of people said this finals didn't really have many moments, which I agree, because a lot of the games were, like, 10-plus wins. Like, they won by 10-plus, and that's Mm -hmm. rare in the playoffs. There weren't really too many moments in this finals that everybody hates anyway, air quotes. But it's been good basketball. But it, it really hasn't been a moment to set it off. That was the one. That was it. Right. Right. There. The last two games produced moments. The um the block from Giannis on yeah. eight in the game four. Yeah. And then it, it that oop one. Yeah. So I don't know. I ca- I kind of want the Suns to win tonight just so we can get a game seven. I like, do well, too. Well, I, I don't have a fan. Like I don't really care who wins. Honestly, if gun to my head, I wanted the Suns to win because I got some folks that Suns fans, but. Outside of that, I'm just trying to see some good basketball. Right. Like, after game one, I was like, okay, I want Chris Paul to win it because, you know, they all played well. He had, like, 30 and something. I'm like, okay, Chris Paul is really going for this. And then Giannis from game two to where we at? Well, it's six tonight. But games two through five, Giannis has been historically great. So, I'm like, if he wins this ring based on how well he played, mm-hmm. I can't be upset at it. Like, it can't be upset at all. So check this out. I w- I'm gonna ask you the question before I tell you the story. Okay. Who's the Who's the Finals MVP for Milwaukee if they win it tonight or Thursday? I I was having this conversation with somebody earlier. It It has to be Giannis, right? It It has to be. There's several people, and I'm, I guess they're making it to you too. Several people making the case that Middleton should be the MVP. And I get it. I understand wholeheartedly that he's the impact person on offense, that he's scoring the clutch baskets, hitting the jumpers, things like that. I understand Giannis' offensive game might be limited. He's just too freaking impactful to ignore, though. He's efficient. You can't – I don't care about him shooting or um, dribbling or making moves. Are you getting buckets and are you getting rebounds? Like is there's no way that I'm looking at the stats right now that someone averaging thirty two points thirty one and thirteen thirty one thirteen and six should lose a finals MVP to Chris Middleton. Like, oh, I, I just don't. About this. I just don't agree. Like 
off the stats alone, like forget the moments. Off stats alone, he should win it. And he's had the two, he's been a part of the two biggest plays of the series by far. Like mm-hmm. that block changed the whole momentum of that fourth quarter. And the alley oop sealed the game, even though he missed a free throw. But we're not gonna we're not gonna crap on his parade. Yeah, one of the craziest oops we've ever seen, but it, I just don't see a way you can give that to Middleton unless Middleton gets like sixty tonight just to send him home. Like that's the only. It would have to be something amazing. Somebody, somebody else at fifty, <laughs> right? But you know what I mean. Like it have to be some NBA Finals Game Six. Oh, nobody's done this since Jordan type performance, right? For him right. to steal MVP from Giannis. Um, I I agree. Like it it has to go to Giannis because. He reminds me of Shaq. Yeah. Like, I don't, I know the body differences are so fast. Like, Shaq was this big dude, Giannis kind of lanky. But imagine if Shaq was athletic, like, even more athletic and maybe 40 pounds lighter. Yeah. I wouldn't, Giannis. Say, I wouldn't say maybe. It's about, like, Shaq was a pretty big dude. And Giannis <laughs> is, like, you know, Giannis has the muscles. But he might be, you know, you know how the numbers come out, 250, just that in the third. Shaq right. was hitting three bills. Easy. <laughs> easy. <laughs> Young, old, whatever Shaq, that's 300 pounds, however you want to spin it. <laughs> but I get what you're saying. The play the play style is basically identical, like just dominant in the paint on both ends of the floor. One one question for the road. We wrapping up, y'all. How do you think Shaq would have fared in today's game? either Shaq would have been so dominant they changed rules or they would have just taken advantage of all his flaws. And there's no in between. Like, I don't see Shaq being a 15 and 10 guy. Like he's either what Shaq was, which I think, I think Shaq would probably would have still been dominant. Mm -hmm. Cause like I say, if Giannis can do this, imagine a seven foot one, 300 pound version of this, the way they call fouls nowadays, he would have been dominant. Or they would have just hacked him. He would have missed all the free throws, taking advantage of the fact that he really can't move like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, centers nowadays, you have to be able to shoot somewhat. And Shaq couldn't shoot a lick. Like, he couldn't shoot anything. And yeah. he'd have to be, you know, he'd be at the three-point line guarding your – guarding Davis Bertans for Wizards references instead of your starting center. <laughs> right. But I think Shaq would have been dominant. What about you? I think he would have had to fix his free throw shooting and perimeter defense. Like, that would have been a must. If he was able to correct those two things, yeah, I'd say that he would have still been Shaq pretty much. Because I just don't think there's a center in the NBA that could have guarded Shaq. Even if you want to give NB, Rudy Gobert, whatever, I don't think they have any chance if Shaq is on the block. (laughs) I don't think they have any chance. Right, right. And with that, y'all, we're wrapping up the show. Holla at us next week, man. Ellie returns. This is the classified. Yep. <laughs> Ellie's back. We might have done better without him. So like, no, I'm not going to do that. Nah, I ain't, ain't going to say that. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I ain't so, going to say that. Well, but yeah, me, please. We, we definitely missed the guy, and we'll be back next week. If you got to the end of the episode, we really appreciate it. Thanks for Subscribe. listening to Wiz the, um, Wiz the Classified. Subscribe to this show. Subscribe to my man, other show, WFT Declassified. Him oh, and yeah. Eric, they've been killing it over there. I'm telling y'all, they had an episode about Fitzpatrick this week. 
My Somebody solution. might be making an appearance on that soon, but I'm not snitching. <laughs> Must listen to that, man. And of oh, course, we're giving Bob. out plugs. Yeah, let me get mine in. At Sports Pain Index, me right. and my boys. A different, a, a different level of sports talk. You know, it's more of a comedic type of podcast, but right. And of course, gotta follow me and my guy Eddie, Eddie and Mike, the podcast. We talk about all DMV sports. Um, Ellie was a, a, one of our first guests on there, man. So he been down with us for a minute. And yeah, we'll holler at y'all mammoths next week.